1: Hello Fearless Army, Jason Whitlock here with your weekend wrap. As we look back at the week of Firestarters, of course we had Monday off, it was the 4th of July, happy birthday America. Uh, So that meant on Tuesday, uh, we had to talk about the tragic events in Highland Park that ruined the 4th of July and really exposed how sick our culture has become. Take a listen to this Firestarter. To me, it feels like America died yesterday, dead on the 4th of July. That's how it felt Monday, when I learned a gunman killed six and injured at least three dozen more during an Independence Day parade in Highland Park, Illinois. What was born on the 4th of July, a system of governance predicated on the belief that all men are created equal and endowed by their creator with inalienable rights, died on the 4th of July. For 246 years, that belief united the states of America. That belief is gone now. It's been eradicated from the minds of too many Americans for this country to remain whole. The United States of America has been balkanized, polarized, and demonized to the point that we can no longer joyfully and unapologetically celebrate our birthday. Now, look, there's we can blame and we can point fingers. We can blame the left. We can blame the right. We can blame uh, anybody we want, but the issues we're dealing with are, are bigger than that. I'm going to call out uh, some individuals, some institutions, some things that are going on but I don't wanna sound uh, highly politically partisan. I'm just stating facts about where we are and at some point I'm gonna get to stating a fact about where we need to go if we want this country to be resurrected because that's what we're in need of right now, a resurrection, a resurrection, because it's dead right now. The New York Times, the nation's alleged newspaper of record, claims the real founding of this country was in 1619, and the real motivation was slavery, not freedom. That's the New York Times, our alleged newspaper of record. That's their narrative on this country. ESPN, the worldwide leader in sports, published a piece yesterday, denigrating the fourth and arguing that a three-hour riot at the Capitol, the overturning of Roe v. Wade, the demise of Colin Kaepernick's NFL career, Jack Del Rio calling January 6 a dust-up, and Justice Clarence Thomas's objection to same-sex marriage prove America's irreparable wickedness. That piece was written by Howard Bryant. Uh, I- I'm gonna, I'll save comments about Howard Brown, I'm not gonna put him in context. The fact that ESPN would publish that on the 4th of July, a damnation of this country published on the 4th of July from an organization that calls itself the worldwide leader in sports. Sports have always represented the best ideas and ideals of America. And now the worldwide leader in American sports and sports all over the globe, On the 4th of July, on the day we celebrate this nation's founding and independence, we're taking a dump on America. Half the country sees the American flag as a symbol of oppression. And they see pride, pride as a virtue. I'm not just talking about gay pride, I'm just talking about pride. Anybody that understands pride and why it's considered a deadly sin, Pride is not a virtue. But that's where we've gone in this country. The American flag is a symbol of oppression and pride is now a virtue and something we all should be looking for. We're dead. We're dead on the 4th of July. Robert Cremo, a 22-year-old kid, ended what 46-year-old Crispus Attic started on March 5th, 1770. Accurate historians won't credit Cremo with America's death. The autopsy will show that the greatest experiment in human history succumbed to the cancer of cultural rot and the rejection of biblical truth. Highland Park, Uvalde, Waukesha, the summer of George Floyd riots, the COVID lockdowns, the family friendly drag queen grooming, the New York Times 1619 project, Trump derangement, critical race theory and the vilification of law enforcement are all byproducts of the cultural decay. Those of you naively hoping midterm elections will save this country will be greatly disappointed. Politics cannot fix what's wrong with America. There are no political solutions to spiritual problems. America is in need of a resurrection, a miracle, a spiritual rebirth. Our current culture will continue to manufacture Robert Cremo's the same way factory assembly lines produce SUVs. That's what they do. That's a culture of death is going to produce angels of darkness. They're going to produce satanic death, killing angels, demons. American culture is narcissistic by any means necessary and views the right to kill as fundamental to freedom. This whole selfie generation, this whole generation of everybody wanting to be a YouTube star, a social media influencer. Hey, look at me. I'm important. Seeking validation and the dopamine hit of likes, retweets, and popularity. This whole, hey, look at me thing. It's the antithesis of biblical values. There's a song I've mentioned on this show that I listen to all the time. "Wide Is the sky, it's by Isabel Davis. And the song is about Jesus and putting Jesus and God on a pedestal. And it, and again, you have to listen and fully understand what the song is trying to convey, but it's a song against idolatry. And we have a very idolatrous culture. We are our own idols, American idols. We're all seeking to be idols. That's not what we should do. There should only be one idol. His name is Jesus Christ. But we've turned all of this culture into, hey, look at me, I'm a star, I'm an influencer. I'm the the star of my own little Truman Show. It's it's the antithesis of Christianity. Cremo sought attention and worth through the celebration of death. Like the Waukesha mass murderer, Daryl Brooks, Cremo fashioned himself a rapper, using the name Awake. Again, I don't wanna go political on this, but I'm just speaking facts. The guy's calling himself Awake. That's just another way of saying woke. Primo rapped inside of a classroom and insinuated he might one day shoot school children. YouTube has taken down his content, but luckily someone captured some of it. Let's watch his little satanic, demonic uh, video. I need to just do it. It is my destiny. Everything has led up to this.
0: Nothing can stop me, not even myself. Is there such thing as free will? Or has this been planned out like a cosmic recipe? It is what I've been waiting for in the back of my head, ready to be awakened. It's what I was sent here to do, like a
1: sleepwalker, walking steady with my head held high. The guys, nuts. W- wh- why is YouTube taking this down? Seriously, why? Cremo's rap content is no different, no more demonic than the standard commercialized and celebrated rap music that we all seem to love. A rapper in Florida, YNW Melly, sits in jail today, waiting to be tried this summer for two cases of premeditated murder. Melly's most popular song, which has more than 500 million views on YouTube is murder on my mind. Murder on my mind. It's every bit as wicked and demented as Cremo's rap content. Here's a taste of YNW Melly. Wake up in the morning, I got murder on my mind. AK-47s, Mac-11s, glossin' nines, and all these just hating, trying to knock me off my grind. But I We, Cremo is the demonized guy, satanic and oh, he's awful and he's all over the news. Melly is sitting in jail awaiting trial. He's been there since I think 2019, 2020, something like that. He's been waiting for two years. I think he's supposed to go to trial sometime in 2022 for murdering two of his friends. His most popular song, is about murdering a friend. Murder on my mind. Watch the entire video. This is standard, par for the course. Cremo, Melly, they're simply mimicking the music content of rap music's biggest stars. All right, uh, that got our week started. And then on Wednesday, we moved on to Britney Griner and my thoughts that I actually have more sympathy for Ashley Babbitt and the political prisoners of January 6th that are rotten in American jails. I expect Russia to be corrupt. I don't expect America's criminal justice system to be corrupt. Anyway, take a listen to this fire starter. I grew up believing America's imperfect criminal justice system was the fairest in the world. My school teachers taught me that as a child. They warned that America's primary rival, the Soviet Union slash Russia, practiced a cleverly disguised system of oppression and corruption in which citizens were powerless against government forces. They said American citizenship was a privilege, that people in other countries would do virtually anything to enjoy our rights and freedom. Popular culture reinforced the narratives I learned in school. I'll never forget the first time I watched the 1978 movie, Midnight Express. It was an adaptation of the life of Billy Hayes, an American vacationing in Turkey. Turkish police captured Billy Hayes at the airport in possession of two kilograms of hash. He's sentenced to four years in prison for possession. Shortly before his release, The prosecutor changes Billy's conviction to smuggling and he's re-sentenced to 30 years in prison. Billy is beaten and raped in prison. The food is terrible, I took notice. I remember making a mental note that I did not ever wanna break the law in a foreign country. Years later, I watched the 1999 movie, Broken Down Palace. It was a fictional movie about two American girls vacationing in Thailand. A slick Australian man tricked them into smuggling heroin. Thai police captured the ladies at the airport. They're sentenced to 33 years in prison. A corrupt prosecutor later adds 15 more years to their sentence. Broken-down palace reinforced my commitment to never break the law while traveling abroad. I bring all this up to make a point about Brittany Griner, the WNBA player jailed in Russia for possessing a small amount of hashish at a Russian airport. She's suffering in a woke-down palace. I don't make the reference to vilified Griner. Who knows if she really broke the law? I certainly don't. I bring it up to say I'm not remotely surprised the Russian government is dealing with her in a potentially corrupt way. I expect it. I was educated to believe Russia's system of governance is far more corrupt than America's. I also believe Russia's culture is far more bigoted towards black people than America's. Brittany Griner got arrested in the absolute wrong place at the absolute wrong time. It baffles me that the American media are attempting to make what's happening to Griner an example of American racism. The Los Angeles Times recently published a piece by the great Bill Plasky, I got a lot of respect for Bill Plasky, but his column vilified America for what's happening to Brittany Griner in Russia. The piece argues that American racism is the reason Griner isn't at home safe, sound, and spending the millions she earned playing basketball in Russia. Plasky wrote, these are his words. She's black, she's covered in tattoos, she has dreadlocks, she's gay, she doesn't fit America's image of the ideal female athlete, so America is pretty much shrugging its shoulders. If this had been Tom Brady, we'd be going to war right now. That's what Plasky wrote. He then quoted Griner's WNBA coach Vanessa Nygaard. Take a listen for yourself. If it was Lebron, he'd be home, right? Yeah, I mean, it does. It's a it's a statement about the value of women. It's a statement about the value of a black person. It's a statement about the value of a gay person. Um, all of those, things. and uh,
0: we we know it, and so that's what hurts a little more.
1: Britney Griner is locked up in Russia, but there's not enough outrage. And this is a statement about how America feels about black tattooed gay women. She's locked up. A six foot eight black woman is locked up in Russia over a tiny amount of hash. And it's America's fault, really. What's the matter with us? Are we really filled with this much self-hate? I gotta, I have experience in dealing with a foreign country that wrongly incarcerated a black American citizen. In 2016, Chinese police arrested a former Ball State University linebacker. You guys know I love Ball State, I played there. Wendell Brown. He got locked up for a minor bar altercation. Wendell spent three years locked up inside a Chinese prison for his release. China's corrupt, bigoted criminal justice system required that the alleged victim needed to be paid $40,000. Guess who paid it? I did, I paid it. Wendell came home in September of 2019 after I paid off the Chinese corrupt government and the corrupt alleged victim. Wendell is a great young man. Chinese culture is hostile towards black people unless you're tall and play basketball. LeBron James won't tell you that. No one associated with the NBA will state this obvious fact. Money is their ruler, not truth. Like LeBron James, Brittany Griner is a globalist. She'll go anywhere and say anything for the paycheck. Dissatisfied with her WNBA salary, Griner traveled to Russia to earn millions of dollars. There's a cost to the global agenda, a loss of American rights customs and freedom. Griner earns approximately $221,000 a season in the WNBA. That's a more than fair salary for a league that loses millions of dollars each year and is basically a charity financed by the NBA. WNBA players and their supporters disagree. American sexism is why WNBA players don't don't earn millions of dollars playing a game virtually no one in America will pay to watch. According to the globalists, America is always the bad guy. America is always evil. Griner is getting a taste of Russian oppression. It tastes like 1800s America, a time Griner knows nothing about We can only hope that when she does return to America, she'll muster the courage to sing this country's praises. This week, she wrote President Joe Biden a letter begging him to secure her release. WNBA and NBA players have spent the last five years demonizing America. Griner refused to stand for the national anthem. LeBron James and the NBA swallowed the entire Black Lives Matter agenda. Sitting in a Russian jail, Greiner has rediscovered her patriotism. She wrote, quote, <clears throat> to Biden, on the 4th of July, our family normally honors the service of those who fought for our freedom, including my father, who is a Vietnam veteran. It hurts thinking about how I usually celebrate this day because freedom means something completely different to me this year. Bottom line. I have more sympathy for Ashley Babbitt and the incarcerated January 6th protesters than I do for Brittany Griner. I say that because I'm not shocked or surprised that Russia would make an American citizen a political prisoner. It's exactly what my school teachers told me Russia did. I foolishly, naively expected more from our criminal justice system. All right, on Thursday, we got a little bit more creative. Mad Men was one of my favorite TV shows, and it helped me talk about this era we're living in that will be called Mad Women. Megan Rapino, Brittany Griner, Hillary Clinton, Kamala Harris, Stacey Abrams. Anyway, take a listen to my Mad Women Firestarter. Uh, we're living in the Mad Women era. Hillary Clinton is Don Draper. Megan Rapino is Roger Sterling. Stacey Abrams is Pete Campbell. Surely you watched Mad Men, the critically acclaimed AMC TV series about the sexist and entitled men who ran Sterling Cooper ad agency. Draper, Sterling, and Campbell drank heavily, Betted their employees, and came up with catchy slogans to justify and promote smoking cigarettes, eating fast food, buying overpriced foreign cars, and smothering food in ketchup. Dang, I read that list and I'm like, I bought into every slogan they... (laughs) Foreign cars, ketchup, the fast food, the whole nine. Uh, Well, I didn't smoke. Anyway, uh, Mad Men cleverly demonized the 1950s and 1960s by simply shining a light on the sinful behavior of men in the workforce. Don Draper was the anti-Jim Anderson, the fictional insurance agent in the show Father Knows Best. Draper cheated on his wife and ignored his children while chasing career success. Most culture critics would say mad men expose more truth than Father Knows Best. The critics might be right, But I would argue we've learned nothing from our past mistakes. We're not evolving, we're simply repeating our failures. We've replaced mad men with mad women. The entitled emotions of women currently rule America. Women believe they're owed a debt, reparations. They've been collecting that debt for the last 50 years through emotional blackmail. This era reminds me of the Virginia Slim's ad campaign. You've come a long way, baby. You can see it in the sports world. It started with the 1972 passing of Title IX legislation. The feminist movement cast women as black people in need of civil rights protection. Title IX piggybacked the 1964 Civil Rights Act that outlawed discrimination based on race, color, religion, and sex. The history and treatment of women and black people in America are not analogous, nor are they linked. Feminists, particularly white feminists, portrayed themselves as the new black so they could benefit from discrimination they did not endure. Let me give you an example of how this manifests itself. <clears throat> Megan Rapino, Brittany Griner and other female professional athletes believe they should be paid the same as their male counterparts. WNBA players complain that they are grossly underpaid because of America's history of sexism. Greiner, one of the WNBA's best players, earns $221,000. Meanwhile, LeBron James earns more than $40 million from the Lakers. In the minds of feminists, the enormous disparity can only be explained by America's sexist history. All right, well, hold on. How wide is the disparity between LeBron's skills and Brittany Griner? The WNBA is just 26 years old and has never come remotely close to turning a profit. The NBA is 76 years old. Was there ever a time in the NBA's history where the league was annually losing millions of dollars and paying its players $221,000? I'll wait. No, there was never a time when that happened. The WNBA is a charity subsidized by the NBA. The WNBA exists out of the goodwill and benevolence of men. We hear constant complaints about WNBA stars having to play overseas during the off season to earn larger salaries and supplement their income. American male professional athletes used to work as mailmen, construction workers, factory laborers during their off-seasons. In the infancy of the NFL and the NBA, nearly all of the players had off-season jobs, and some of them worked second jobs during the season. No one is asking Britney Griner to do anything male athletes haven't done. It's what you do to build a business. But we've been convinced that women are owed a debt, that women were mistreated for generations and generations, and that we must fast track their success and pay because we undermined it for hundreds of years. It's not true. I'm not arguing women face no unfairness. I'm arguing that the customs and roles formerly played by women were a result of necessity, not unfairness. Let me explain. Let's go all the way back to 1776 and the founding of this nation. There were no cars, no airplanes, no grocery stores, no DoorDash, no Instacart. If you wanted to eat, you had to farm and do really hard labor. If you wanted to feel any measure of safety in your home, there needed to be a man in the house. Just like now, women and girls, generally speaking, came out of the womb smaller and weaker and with less capacity to make up the size and strength deficit between the genders. Man was necessary for the survival of women. Plus, men and women at that time used the Bible as a guide for the roles of men and women. The Bible teaches that God created men first and instructed man to seize dominion over everything that inhabits the earth the men of that generation took note of the Bible, acknowledged the physical differences between men and women, and factored in the realities of what it took to survive in their era, and developed customs and roles that made sense for what they knew and what technology was available at the time. What we now call sexism was just a reflection of the reality the founders knew. As reality changed, as technology advanced, American men adjusted American customs and roles. Feminists look at history and see evil men. I see men who reflected their reality. I see men who accepted the responsibility of manhood and the sacrifices that went along with those realities. I see men who sacrificed their health and lives to advance America and women. Here's an example. During the Civil War, the disparity between the life expectancy of men and women increased sharply. Men died young during the Civil War. Our life expectancy dropped to around age 35. Women lived to around age 41. In the years before the Civil War, the life expectancy of men and women were about the same. The tradition of men dominating the workforce workforce, started because work used to be really, really hard. Women could not do and did not want to do much of the paid labor that was available in the 1800s and at the start of the Industrial Revolution. Let's go back to 1776. An attractive woman did not have the option of reading words on a teleprompter for millions of dollars. There were no assembly lines, no executive vice presidents in charge of diversity, inclusion, and equity, no social media managers. Sexism did not keep women unemployed or underemployed. Reality did that. Men do not owe women an apology. We do not owe reparations. Out of necessity and reality, America was originally designed for families consisting of man, woman, and children. Men voted because a vote represented a united family that believed the Bible's instruction that men were called to be the leaders of their family, and marriage represented the unification of man and woman into one. The whole feminist movement is a rejection of a biblical worldview. I'm not arguing that women should return to or stay in the kitchen. I'm arguing that women should quit pretending American men executed a diabolical plot to deny them freedom, agency, and happiness. This entire mad women era is built on lies and distortions of truth even more preposterous than the lies and distortions of Black Lives Matter. All right, we wrapped up the week talking about President Biden and the price of free D-U-M-B. And we paid that price when President Biden gave Simone Biles and Megan Rapino the Presidential Medal of Freedom, the highest civilian honor that a president can bestow. All right, here's my shortened fire starter on Biles, Rapino, and Biden. Simone Biles and Megan Rapino. Presidential Medals of Freedom, is the highest civilian award uh, that, that the president can give out. I, I want to play little uh, clips from, from them yesterday so you can hear why they got these awards. I, I think we have those clips of Biles and Rapino and, and why they got those awards. Overcoming great
0: odds, Simone Biles is the most decorated American gymnast in history. A former foster child who became a once in a generation athlete, transforming her sport with artistry and degrees of difficulty that reimagine what is possible. With absolute courage and honesty, she expands the legacy of our greatest champions who challenge the powerful and speak up for justice and the wellness of body and mind. Leaning on faith in God and family, Simone Biles is an inspiring symbol of strength, grace, and pride in those three letters, USA. World cup champion, Olympic gold medalist, named the world's best women's soccer player, Megan Rapinoe is one of America's great athletes. Known for her creative play and leadership, she also leads with a fierce will off the field. A champion protecting the rights of fellow LGBTQI plus Americans. A leader on the US women's soccer national team, perhaps the most dominant of any team in any sport in their successful fight for equal pay. Megan Rapino challenges and inspires millions of people who believe in themselves and the possibilities of our nation.
1: How you choose to have sex does not make you a hero. Trust me, I know that. From, from how I choose to have sex does not make me a hero. And it doesn't matter whether you're a giver or a receiver. And so Megan Rapino just literally, would she be getting that award if she wasn't gay? No, she would not. I don't, I, you know, I don't follow the women's national soccer team that close, so I, but in this last Olympics, I don't think she was, or World Cup, I don't think she was our best player. Most outspoken, most flamboyant, most hate look at me with her purple hair and all that other crap she does. The most uh, Colin Kaepernick-esque. It, it, she did not, a presidential medal of freedom? Are you kidding me? Simone Biles great Olympic gymnast no doubt about it but she quit at the Tokyo Olympics she quit citing you know she just didn't feel right and I get it that's fine I'm not trying to rip her for quitting I'm ripping her and ripping the Biden administration for giving someone the Presidential Medal of Freedom, when the last time they were on the big stage, they let their teammates in the United States of America down. She did something selfish and narcissistic. As I said at the time, Simone Biles did not want to compete in those Olympics. Her mind was wrapped around 2020 is my last year, and then I can move on from all of this. When those Olympics got pushed back a year to 2021, she mentally checked out. She wasn't woman enough to say, you know what? I'm old, I'm, you know, I'm in my 20s. Most gymnasts retire around 19, 20 years old. I don't wanna do this. She wasn't woman enough to do that. She took all the money. She took all the endorsement deals. She took all the, the marketing and the PR to build her brand. And then when she got over to Tokyo, she quit. And then she spun it into how heroic and how courageous it is that I'm quitting. Because I have to do what's best for my mental health. You could have done that a year ago. a year. You denied another woman, another gymnast an opportunity to actually go and compete and be on that team. Medal of Freedom, youngest Medal of Freedom winner just a, a year after quitting in the Olympics on the biggest stage in all of sports, Presidential Medal of Freedom. That's because excellence, the meritocracy, the uh, giving it all, our, our culture has been under a complete 180 that the things that used to matter don't matter anymore and success is defined by diversity, inclusion, and equity. That's the goal of life. That's America's goal, diversity, inclusion, and equity. That's a luxury. That's something nice to have. It's not the end all be all. Excellence is. And, and I'm just sorry. Black people, particularly as it relates to athletics, we don't need charity to excel and to be recognized as great. Why we're handing Simone Biles this charity? It's an insult. It's stupid. It's not the right message for young people. And I know we're in this whole deal. Oh. Athletes in the past Ronnie Lott cutting off the tip of his finger to play. That's stupid Carrie Strug I think that's the one that went out there on the bad ankle and stuck the landing that was stupid. She should have done what's best for her This whole narcissistic Generation and culture that we have built this whole selfie everybody hey look at me and let me go to my social media feed All of it's garbage, and it's undermining America. And these Presidential Medals of Freedom, D-U-M-B, annoy me, and I had to get that off my chest. All right, hope you had an awesome week, and hope you have an awesome weekend. Uh, Go to youtube.com slash Jason Whitlock. Hit the subscribe and like buttons. If you're listening on Apple, give me that five-star review right now. Five stars, leave a comment, leave a message, and we'll see you next week.